Al Jazeera podcast. Spain's World Cup win was a huge victory for its women's team, La Roja. But in the weeks since, there's been nothing but controversy. On Sunday, that culminated in a highly public resignation. Breaking news in the world of sports. Spanish Soccer Federation President Luis Rubiales is resigning. The head of Spain's Football Federation, Luis Rubiales, announced his resignation on X, the social media platform formerly known as Twitter, and in a TV interview with Piers Morgan. About my resignation, yes, I'm going to do. I'm going, going to resign. Yeah, I'm going to, yes, because I cannot continue my work. All of this first kicked off with an unwanted kiss at the World Cup. Spanish soccer star Jenny Hermoso formally accusing her nation's federation chief, Luis Rubiales, of sexual assault for kissing her on the lips following Spain's Women's World Cup win. Rubiales has been pushing back against widespread calls to resign ever since. The Spanish women's team and several men's players say they won't play unless Rubiales quits. No voy a dimitir. No voy a dimitir. Now, with all eyes on Spanish football, years of issues with the Spanish Federation are coming to light. They don't have a place, decent place to train. They don't have a, a minimum wage salary. So they ask uh, for these basics. So now the question is, after securing the goal of Rubiales resigning, how far can these players get to scoring proper treatment? I'm Malika Bilal, and this is The Take. My name is uh, Gemma Soler, and I am a sports journalist based in Barcelona, Spain. So you have been busy these last <laughs> few weeks, I take it. Oh, yes. Uh, probably it's uh, one of the busiest uh, time in my career. There are not so many sports stories that attract the attention of all main uh, broadcasters in, in the world. I'm talking about Al Jazeera English, the BBC, ESPN, CNN. So let's talk about what's been keeping you busy. So Spain's top-tier women's football league was supposed to start its first round of games on Friday. And that didn't happen because they called a strike. Women's soccer players in Spain have gone on strike. Why are they striking? Well, I think we need a lot of context here because women's football in Spain is now in the spotlight of uh, everyone. And I think one of the issues is that this has never happened. I'm talking about the Spanish uh, national level because women's football has never been an important issue. So now we're in a moment where Spain has just won their first World Cup. Spain, they won it. They have won this World Cup for the very first time. This has to be one of the most significant moments in Spanish, not just football history, but sporting history overall. But the domestic league, the Spanish uh, National League, the Liga F, that is called, there are a lot of basic uh, things that they haven't been able to accomplish. So now the women who feel that they have a little bit more power than they had in the past, they are asking to be treated as a professional. 
the issue right now is about the salary. And it's not that they are asking, we want to be paid like men. According to the union, the minimum pay for women's soccer players in Spain is about $17,000 a year, compared to about $192,000 a year for male players. Well, the minimum wage of a men football player Almost any player will win this. Any mm, decent player or uh, in a, a first-team division, and I'm not talking about Real Madrid or Barcelona in Betis or Sevilla, mm -hmm. they are over a, a million per year or, or much more. And if we talk about the big stars, uh, this, there are a lot of zeros in, in their monthly bank account. Okay, so... The salary disparity is striking, to say the least. What else is it that people are striking over? Um, we, we don't know exactly the details, but we know it's about basic things like uh, uh, having um, places to play with the minimum conditions. Some teams, they had awful football fields with awful uh, turf. They didn't even have warm water, hot water to take a shower after the games. They had cold water. Mm. And when they had to train, they had the worst schedule. So it's very difficult. And, and they, they have to have another job because they don't have a minimal salary. Right. I'm talking about basics. Physiotherapists, nutritionists, fly with uh, charters, uh, being able to, uh, to have a rest in a good hotel when they are in an international competition. So they are asking a minimum of a, a professional treatment for a league that is now professional. And everything we're talking about, um, it's all good context, but confusing for someone who may not follow the sport because this is a team that just won the Women's World Cup in August. How do you reconcile those two things? Yeah, the, the explanation is uh, one club uh, really invested like 15 years ago in women's football. This team is Barcelona. That team, a Spanish national team that won the World Cup was Barcelona plus some quality players. So during five years, Barcelona has been one of the best teams in, in the world and in Europe. These players, these women that, uh, that them, they play in Barcelona and some of the others, they are used to be treated as professional and to have professional conditions. So everything you're talking about, all these ingredients to succeed and bring home this victory for the first time ever for Spain's women's team is all the more disheartening for watchers of this because that is not the top story when it comes to football in Spain right now. It's hard to talk about this strike without also talking about the other football story that's been dominating the news. New fallout from the scandal scandal that erupted after Spain won the Women's World Cup soccer title last month. So, to catch everyone up, last month, Ginny Hermoso and her team, who won the World Cup, were walking down the pitch, collecting their medals. Millions of viewers watched live as Luis Rubiales, the president of Spain's Football Federation and a former star player himself, grabbed Hermoso's head in his hands and kissed her on the lips. When star player Jenny Hermoso walks up, you see Rubiales hug her tightly and then grab her head and kiss her full on the mouth. The moment has been played over and over again on social media and on TV. 
Do you remember your initial reaction? Yeah. Yeah, um, I saw that kiss in the celebration. And I don't know, I was surprised and a little bit outraged, but not that much because I know, uh, I mean, I don't know it personally, but I know what the, the former president of the Spanish FA, Luis Rubiales, his character, the way he is. So I, I felt like, oh, again, what's, how disgusting is this? But I, I didn't pay that much importance, especially because we've seen and listened that he said things similar than this. Later, uh, I saw how big this story became. And this became huge because of you, because of international media. Hmm. Because in Spain, it wasn't that big story. And I have to say that the first hours, the reactions of main broadcasters, male presenters of the main radio shows was, oh, come on, this is not that important. Uh, interesting. Because it just seemed normal, not a big deal. Yeah, it was uh, like a celebration, like something mm -hmm. that, uh, oh, come on, they are celebrating. So Rubiales has claimed that the kiss was consensual and mutual. Un pico consentido. Is a consented kiss enough reason to get me out of here? Hermoso has said the kiss was not consensual. And she said this in an Instagram Live immediately after the game. I didn't like it. What are she and the other players asking for to make things right? Yeah, it was not just the kiss. Mm. After the kiss, when she was on the plane uh, back to Spain, uh, she was pressured for the president himself, some, some people in the Spanish FA, that they put a lot of pressure on her to be in the apology video that was being prepared to say sorry. The Spanish FA, that's the football federation that Rubiales was the president of. And she didn't want to be. And after that, uh, some people in the Spanish FA went to the family of Jenny Hermoso to try to put pressure. Please ask Jenny to be in the video. Huh, interesting. So on the ride from Australia back to Spain, yeah. authorities were already prepping an apology video because this had already spread like wildfire and they wanted her to be in it. Is that right? Yeah, well, there is another step in between. So the kiss mm. happens, and not only the kiss, he touches himself in an awful uh, image to the wall. And then when he, the first interview he, he gives this to a Spanish radio show, he says, like, this is a stupid debate. Anyone thinking that uh, this is uh, wrong, it's a stupid, people are stupid, who thinks that this is not appropriate, isn't a stupid person. That's when it also exploded a lot in Spain. So the story goes so big and it's so outrageous that when they are flying from Australia, that the minister of sports say he needs to apologize. Oh, wow. And they prepare a video that is taped in the airport. They realized they had to get this apology out to the public before returning to Spain. And they still wanted Jenny to be in it. Jenny Hermoso uh, get, gets all that pressure and the family and she decides not to be in the video. Then Luis Rubiales tapes that video. If I have offended anyone, I have no choice but to apologize and learn from this. And it's a shameful apology because he starts the video in Spanish saying something like, maybe I was wrong, maybe I have to apologize. So that's his apology. No one believes that. He, we, we knew he was doing that because he was asked and forced. Uh, but that video is, is, is a shameful apology. 
What happened next? We'll have the play-by-play after the break. When Truganini died, she was mistakenly declared the last Tasmanian Aboriginal. Though some say she sold out her people, in hindsight, Truganini's survival allowed future generations to learn about the near annihilation of the Aboriginal people of Tasmania. I'm Charles Dance. Listen as I trace the life of Truganini. Hindsight by Al Jazeera. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. So, Gemma, the Federation and the players asked Rubiales to resign, and he said he would not resign. No voy a dimitir. No voy a dimitir. He said it five times in a now widely shared video of him speaking to the Federation, where he made this impassioned stand in defiance to lots of applause. So now there's this battle between the women's team, Rubiales, and the Federation. So much has happened. That speech happens on the 25th, and then FIFA, football's world governing body, suspends him. What else do we need to know? Yeah. The day before, he leaked to the press that he was about to resign. Ah. So absolutely everyone thought he was resigning because it was a logical thing to do. He was not resigning. That didn't happen until another two weeks this Sunday. And then he starts uh, to make a speech saying that everything that he was facing is the fault of the fake uh, feminism, who is the worst uh, problem in Spain right now. Fake feminism. That's a great scourge in our country. And after that, he says that he won't resign. Oh my gosh. So that's when TAD, Spain's High Court of Sports Arbitration, comes into the picture. Less than 24 hours later, the Spanish government asks the sports department and the TAD, the, the, the High Court of Sports Arbitration, to start a process because this is absolutely inadmissible in, in Spain. It's not an easy thing to do because mm-hmm. he's an elected person, so they have protection, mm. so governments don't interfere in, in other institutions. And then comes FIFA. But uh, FIFA, they... they felt this was an urgent, outrageous thing to do. And the day after, they decided to disqualify Luis Rubiales at least for 90 days until they have the time to analyze what's uh, happening. Then the players take their stand. All players, uh, the, the world champions, and any other player who has ever been called to the national team, they decide to resign. And they say that until there are changes, they won't come back to the Spanish national team. And that's when TAD, that High Court of Sports Arbitration, makes a decision. They decide uh, later that what Luis Rubiales did is bad, but it's not uh, very bad. And that makes a a big difference because this means that the government cannot disqualify him yet. There is a process to to follow. And, And Luis Rubiales thinks that this is a little victory, so he made a press release saying that he's not guilty, that he will fight with all his life to defend himself, and so on. But before Rubiales resigned, there was another power shift. The national team's coach, Jorge Vilda, was fired just weeks after Spain won the World Cup trophy. 
Spain's Football Federation has fired head coach Jorge Vilda. Were you surprised at all by the firing of Vilda? No, uh, no, because he is the weakest link in the Rubiales entourage. Hmm. He had no staff because 11 people of his staff have renounced because of the whole scandal. He was part of that standing ovation of Luis Rubiales when he was attacking uh, women and fake feminism and, and mm-hmm. all that stuff. He later made a, a press release saying that he was sorry, but it was not credible enough. In the past, he suffered a rebellion of 15 of the best players And he has been accused of having outdated methods and very controlling behavior. So it was the logical thing to do. For me, the surprising thing is that he hasn't been fired like five years ago. And and the reason is because he was a close friend and ally of Luis Robiales. Oh, wow. The plot thickens. How interesting. But we've been talking about Robiales and this unwanted kiss. But that incident isn't the only thing upsetting the players. Yeah, uh, right now, the thing is, um, in, in one hand, uh, the woman, the football players feel sad because they have achieved their greatest success in their history and in Spain's uh, football history. And no one is talking about that uh, big achievement. But at the same time, they know this is their time to do the things right. And now they have the, the spotlight. So they are like trying to get as much as possible because they know that it's uh, either now or it's not going to be happening again. Hmm. So they want the basics and they want a professional staff. They they want a coach. Uh, the coach has changed. Now is number two. Monse Tomé is the first woman in history that is uh, uh, a main coach. But they don't want only a coach there. They want the same structure as the men have. They want a professional structure. They want physiotherapists. They want nutritionists. So they make sure that they are comfortable. So Gemma, you've been reporting on football for many years, mostly on the men's football teams. What are the men's teams saying about any of this? Uh, so they were not uh, very solidary with uh, their uh, women's colleagues. Only a few of them, uh, like Borja Iglesias from Betis, Hector Bellerin, Sergio Roberto, they speak out loud. Borja Iglesias renounced to the Spanish national team. He said that until Luis Rubiales is there, he, he wouldn't go anymore. But I will say it, it's a minority of the, of the players. Uh, when the story became so big and, and after that public speech so shameful of Luis Rubiales, um, more and more of our teams and coaches and players, they talk and, and they said, yeah, we, we want to express our solidarity with Jenny Hermoso and with the woman. This has become a global story, not just a Spanish football story. Spain's football chief, Luis Rubiales. He has tarnished the historic win for everyone. Why do you think it's resonated so far and wide? Because what this person with this important job in that position, it was something awful to do. 
We have a culture of men, especially men in football, they have to be powerful and, and still this, this culture, this is changing, of course, and we are much better, way much better than, for example, uh, 10, 12 years ago when I started as a woman in, in sport, uh, it was almost only me in the press conference room. Now it's me and 20 more women. So it's, it has changed a lot and it's changing. And it was not only the kiss, because the kiss, of course, it was unadmissible, but it was what came after the kiss that makes this story more surreal, more shameful and, and unbelievable for the world. And I understand that. And most of the Spanish, the vast majority of the Spanish, feel ashamed because the vast majority of Spain is not like that. We know we live with people like Luis Rubiales. And there are a lot of Luis Rubiales, but thankfully, the vast majority of Spaniards, they have evolved and they have another kind of mentality. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Chloe K. Lee with Ashish Malhotra, Zaina Badr, Sonia Bagat, Peronisa Campana, David Enders, Sari Al-Khalili, Miranda Lynn, Khaled Sultan, Amy Walters, and me, Malika Bilal. Our sound designer is Alex Roldan. Alexandra Locke is The Take's executive producer, and Nay Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back.